Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by April Collins. Hello. And John McKenna. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, I just want to apologize to all our listeners right now. Uh, I know that uh, that sound you heard must not have been pleasant. Uh, I'll make sure to edit down the volume of that little segment for you. You're welcome. Every, every metalhead listening to this will you be like, You are very, very welcome. I will embrace all the love your earbuds will give to me. <laughs> so yeah, as you can probably tell from that lovely introduction John made, this episode is going to be discussing the Netflix anime Agretsuko, which at the time of this recording was released about a month ago. Agretsuko is a show centered around Retsuko, a character from the Sanrio family, Sanrio being the company behind Hello Kitty and Gudetama. Retsuko is a red panda who has a typical office job, and the way she deals with the stresses and banalities of her work life is by secretly singing heavy death metal songs. If you haven't watched the show, I'm warning you now that this is a spoiler podcast. The show is only 10 episodes. Each of them is about 15 minutes long. It's not super time consuming to watch. So go watch it and then come back to listen to this. Find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings. Or watch for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. Okay, so first I wanted to ask how you guys watched this show. Did you watch the dub or the sub? Did you binge it or take more time with it? So I watched it subbed. I watched it twice. Um, And the first time I sort of just kind of like casually watched it. Like maybe I'd watch like an episode like here or there, like before I went to bed or something like that. And like... Uh, I mean, I enjoyed watching it that way. It wasn't, like, too terrible. And then the second time I watched it, like, I hardcore binged it. And it really, like, is not hard to do in, like, a single day because the episodes are just super short. So, um, but both times I watched it subbed because I I typically don't like dubbed anime. Um, I would rather, like, listen to it in, like, the way that it was made to be, like, listened to, I guess. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. John, how about you? Um, I take the opposite view. I watched it. I watched them twice and I did it both on the dub side, uh, mainly just because for me, when I'm watching anime, I prefer to I prefer the dub just because I'm not really so much a fan of like hearing a language that I really don't understand and then trying and trying to read it, especially when it's something like Netflix that usually does a pretty decent job at dubbing it so that it's both a good translation and they sort of make it an easier, easier listening for English speakers, because sometimes the I know because I just know like Japanese does some like clever wordplay games and stuff that don't translate that well. So I generally prefer the dub just in case the subs like too direct. Um, I did. Basically, I started watching it uh, on a Sunday afternoon because like the the weekend it came out because it was one of those moments where I saw the title on because they heavily advertised it on Facebook. They said it's like she's like a Disney princess, except she sings death metal karaoke. I'm like, okay, go on. So I watched the pro. I'm like. (laughs) Okay, this looks awesome. I'm going to watch, I'll watch maybe two episodes Sunday. I see two episodes and I just decided to watch the whole season right then and there. Awesome, awesome. And you watched it twice, right? Uh, yes, I watched it first run through. I didn't expect, I thought I was going to watch this maybe four, take a break, maybe come back to the next day. I just watched the whole thing because it was just so engrossing. And then I watched it again this weekend because I knew, because I knew about this. Again, dubbed, same thing. Mainly just to pick up on 
anything I missed when I was watching it casually. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I watched it once, so you guys are going to probably be more clear on certain details than I am. And I watched it sub for the same reasons April did. I also spent years learning Japanese and this, whenever I watch anime, it's always a great opportunity to get back into it and it acts as a way for me to not forget a language that I spent years learning. And yeah, I uh, started binging it and I think that was a mistake. Um, this is this is kind of a slice of life show. I think it's safe to say it's not super, super plot heavy. You can kind of pick any random episode and you can kind of figure out what you can kind of not get lost in the show. Um, so I as I was binging it, there came this little lull in the middle that 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 I just it, it changed. Suddenly the show stopped being enjoying and it seemed more like a chore to finish. So I kind of stopped watching it for a bit and then got back into it and started finishing it up through another binge. So I kind of split it into two binges. And yeah, I there was just this one moment that didn't really work. But by the end, once I realized what the show was trying to do, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, Agretsuko is essentially a show about a young woman coming to terms with reality and the life that has been dealt to her. And it's also deceptively simple. You know, she's she's from the same family as Hello Kitty. So you would think this this these type of this type of show would be very superficial, very uh, optimistic, not very heavy. But it actually deals with a lot of things that, especially in anime, aren't often seen through the female perspective. So I'm curious to find out what. Uh, your opinions are not just of the show, but of Retsuko in particular. I wanted to start with Retsuko, you know, as a character and as a as the protagonist of this show. Sure, it's not a super long show, but do you think that her character was able to uh, carry this show successfully? Does she work not just as a character, but as a as the protagonist of Agretsuko? Um, I think she was very successful as a character and very successful as a protagonist because and. You can really, because you could really, I think she was kind of like half a blank slate almost. Like she definitely had her own personality. She had her own quirks. But because of that sort of half blank slateness, you were almost able to insert yourself into her character as well. You could be, you were sort of with her through all these uh, sort of like mundane moments and you could relate so easily to her. And you could, you could see her through her relationships with her coworkers, through relationships with uh, her superiors, um, even her relationship with Rasaska. You could kind of. Even if you're not a woman, and I'm not, uh, I could even say, I, I could say like, oh, wow, I've been in that situation before. I've been that awkward. I've had, you know, bosses like that that have been um, jackasses at, at most. Like, it really, she, she succeeded in that way. You were able to really get yourself immersed into what she was going through. And she had a, and she had, a, it was sort of a cute personality. And also she had this secret, but again. You know, we keep secrets from our friends all the time. There's stuff that's just ours. We don't want to share it because it's, you know, it's our thing. It's our it's our unique identity. So in that way, I think she was very successful as a character. And I really enjoyed watching her. Yeah, I I agree. I think she was very successful. And I think a lot of the success comes from the fact that she is so relatable. Like almost immediately in the first episode, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I feel you and all of your struggles. Like and I think that's like what kept like helped keep me like watching even because um, I do kind of agree, like in the middle, especially if you binge the show, there's kind of like a small lull. And I had to like sort of stop and go do something else and then come back. But I think like that's what kind of 
keeps you like intrigued is like, okay, how is she going to handle this? And it's, it's funny too, because a lot of like her reactions to things are like exactly like what normal people would do. And it's just kind of, I guess, sort of surreal to see that like in an anime, you know, much, you know, even more so because it comes from Sanrio and everything is supposed to be all like happy and cute and, you know, all of this stuff. But it's like, no, this is real and this is very raw. Like, um, and especially like you see that like with her relationships with her coworkers, um, especially like with her boss, like, oh, goodness, her boss. But <laughs> a, 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 a literal chauvinist pig. Exactly. Which made me like I died. But <laughs> But like I like I think I think she carries the show just so well um, just in and of herself. Like it's not so much that she's just so much of a blank slate that that makes her relatable. It's because she does have like her personality and her secrets and like even like the fact that like she has like her secret office friends and stuff like that. Like I that's it's just it's it's great. And it's kind of refreshing to see in a show like for it to be so like um excuse me <laughs> for it to be um so much so that i like find myself in like not just like the main character but a lot of the other characters as well gotcha gotcha um you know i think i'm gonna take a bit of a counter stance to you guys i agree with what you guys say she's definitely a very sympathetic character but i personally found the blandness of her character to be quite frustrating i'm someone who very much strongly believes in specificity being what really mm, gets people to uh to to relate to one another just like it's the closer you get to how specific someone is the more you're willing to sympathize with them and I just felt that there were just certain elements to Detsuko's character that just weren't that, they were just too broad, they were too bland. I didn't quite understand why, for instance, like when she, when she, um, when she, uh, with her friend, when she, when her friend talks about, oh, I think I'm starting, I'm going to start up this website or whatever, and she gets this opportunity to quit her job, I, you know, she very much just started romanticizing that and thinking, oh, well, this is my way out, this is how I'm going to quit and get a better life for myself, and I just couldn't quite understand, like, if you're so miserable at your job, why, why are, why did you think it was going to, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like I kind of, I wanted a bit more of her motivations in terms of, like, why did you decide to do accounting then? Like, did you think if you if you move to a different job, do you think that that's going to like change anything? Like, I don't know. I just I kind of wanted a bit more into like why she decided to to, uh, you know, to lit to to continue on with this life and why she decided to study this this thing in the first place. Like she never really it never it's never really shown that she enjoys her job. And I just found that really interesting. And I kind of wanted to get deeper into that like is it is it the work like is it is like she's never seen and show like enjoying her work so I was just very interested in seeing like is it because like not only does she not have a very good work environment but she also doesn't like the job that she's doing and that's not enough or like I just I don't know I just I'm very curious I just wanted a little bit more of of, of her and more exploration exploration about like what her actual goals and dreams were not just so much the the 
not just so much like, oh, I, I dream about like getting married one day or I dream about like, I don't know, eventually we'll get to like the rich husband. No, I, I actually wanted more of like, okay, even if it's like simply like, oh, I want you to, uh, I want to aim to be the boss one day. Even if it's something simple like that, like I wanted more motivation from her. And instead we got kind of this very bland kind of stance where she doesn't quite know what she wants. And I guess that's kind of reflective, but I, I kind of wanted a little bit more of why she decided to study this in the first place because I guess in my head as someone who from the outside looking at looking inside out the world of accounting I feel like you know it's pretty easy to see like what it is that you're going to get in terms of this kind of work experience I think it depends on the work environment I think the focus of the show is more so her work environment not so much as like her being an accountant because she has like all of these like very stressful coworkers and you know, it's not to say that, okay, every workplace is going to have like coworkers who drive you crazy, but like hers are more so like, I mean, she has the very like machovinistic um, boss who like is extremely sexist. And then she has like, higher ups who think it's okay to like take advantage of people who you know work underneath not even work underneath them but who are just not as like senior in the company um you know she's kind of bullied throughout the the day and i think that if in her at least in her head she's thinking that if i could not be here then that would be better kind of like because again I never got the feel that she didn't like accounting and so it's just one of those things where like if you're not in a like bad environment then you can enjoy your work even if it is an, a mundane thing like accounting I, or whatever it, it, it I don't think that matters I think it's the fact that she just doesn't want to work for in for that company yeah. anymore yeah, she just she just it's it's a case of like oh, oh by the way she just happens to be in the accounting department. I don't th- I think we're reading a little too much in why she's an accountant. It's I don't know. Maybe it's because I I am sympathetic towards her. I just was like, well, what 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 can I do to make you happy? Like, what can what can we change so that you can actually start enjoying your work life that much more? I don't know. I'm probably in the minority, but um, but yeah, let's uh continue and let's focus on these wonderful lovely co-workers that Netsuko has to deal with on a daily basis let's just talk about the not elephant but pig in the room have you guys um seen such an overt um portrayal of misogynism and misogyny in the workplace in any other anime because that to me was what was so refreshing about this entire uh, exploration of Retsuko's relationship with her boss was that it was so overtly about his mistreatment of her and his mistreatment of her for because she was a woman and him taking advantage of being allowed to do that given how society is were you guys surprised a little bit and I really enjoyed it like honestly like I I just think it's, like, because, again, it plays into, like, the very realness of, like, the show, even though, like, and I think the fact that it came from, like, a a Sanrio, like, character story that it, like, made it even better. I, like, not that it was great, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it just, like, really, like, sort of drew the attention to it because, you know, Sanrio's meant to, like, be happy and, like, Hello Kitty and, you know sunshine and then like we have director ton who is the worst person ever in the world 
like and it's just it's almost like assaulting but in a good way you guys don't think that they're making merchandise of ton do you like hey buy a backpack of this guy he's a misogynist i want one buy a buy a (laughs) buy a funko buy a funko pop of a ton i want it I mean, if you were like a punching bag or a punching pillow, then maybe, but yeah, that's exactly it. Stressful. Exactly. But yeah, um, John, what do you think? How do you think they dealt with this uh, relationship? Um, I have, I, I have, my anime library is unfortunately very limited, so I can't remember the last time I saw a slice of life anime that wasn't this. Uh, which is surprise, which I guess speaks, which means I must go watch more anime. Um, I was very surprised just how on the nose it was, but I think that may have, but I think that served the show very well to help illustrate the what she's like going through and the fact she has to almost like sit there, be quiet, and like just deal with it, which is which isn't in itself very, which isn't itself kind of tragic because it's like crap, I can't really speak out to the boss because if I do and someone does on her behalf and it comes back to her because I guess a- anonymity and human resources is not really a thing, uh, it, 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 her life becomes that much harder. And and I can imagine that in some places and, and if you work at the wrong place, that is a very real risk especially for a in lot light of people, particularly of, women. You know, the, mean, the Me Too movement and everything that kind of came after, um, it really just once again brings into light this this kind of faultiness of HR and how it's very rare to see one that actually works. It's 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 as much about covering the company's yeah, ass. Yeah, I guess than it is for me yeah. and John, you kind of alluded to this earlier. For me, what and I'm about to get really corny here, but what really kind of was the highlight for me about this whole thing was that you really get to see the importance of of women supporting women in the workspace and of women being in higher places of power because you know you have Gori and Washimi like offering Retsuko not just this 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 relationship to 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 express her her problems and her doubts but you have them actually like using their influence to protect Retsuko from this this very harmful environment and I just I don't know I just found that to be so heartwarming and so positive to see and that's just again something you don't often see heck even in 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 any form of entertainment and media and the fact that we're getting it in an anime which rarely focuses on this type of stuff it's it's I mean I just think it's quite incredible and side note, she befriends Washimi and 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 Gori outside of work. Like I think that's a really important distinction to make. She makes friends with them beyond the workspace, and it just it really shows a, dis- a distinction between how she treats them and how she treats her work friends. I mean, do you guys think that's fair to say? Do you think that there is like a, a difference between the relationship she has built with Gori and Washimi? given that it is was built outside of work to that of the people she meets like like Finical and and like inside work like do you think like there is a distinction i mean not that her work friends aren't supportive but they aren't providing her the same emotional support that Gordy and Washimi have uh yeah um actually th- that's that's pretty accurate as well cuz i think when they're when they're at the workplace yeah, it seemed like it was a very stratified workplace. It's like, oh my God, these are the directors and the secretaries and all that. And you look up to them thinking like, oh wow, I want to be that one day. But then, but even in the workplace, you see uh, Gori and Washimi, 
by the way, Washimi's design loved it. Uh, right. Yeah. But it's like, but it's like even, but even like it worked. They almost like, and they meant it's like you're putting on a mask. Like they, they look confident. They're walking. They're they have that sort of tough woman walk or whatever it was they called it. But then when you see like how they're away from everybody, like oh god, this is really hard to keep doing. Uh, so it was nice to see. But outside, it was more a case of you know that's a chance to be friendly, and it was a great. And that sort of the stratosphere kind of like melts away, and they had this great relation, which I thought was really really cool though just how they're able to like sort of it wasn't really sort of a condescending relationship it was just a nice helpful relationship and i've had i i know that i know you mentioned how it's like women helping women but outside of work i've had that with superior uh my superiors as well i mean i've gone i've almost i was invited to go to a bar with my superior at one point in, in, in the past so it it does help that you know outside of like in work there's your role but outside of work you're just normal people I also think it, there's a big difference between like, or it shows how you make friends. Um, like it reflects in the relationship. Like she made like her, her work friends, like at work, like she met Finico at work. She met Haida at work. Like, so that kind of like almost puts like that barrier, especially like if you don't enjoy your workplace, like that it's kind of like you, you almost only bonded over like a terrible experience kind of thing. And so like, I think it shows a lot that she like met um, Mushimi and Gori outside of work and became friends with them outside of work. But I think it's like, it's also very sweet how like, you know, they would like walk past each other, you know, in the workplace often. And like Gori has that moment where she's like, I was really hoping that we would see her again today. Like, you're <laughs> 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 like, not even friends. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, but, <laughs> but I think that like is almost like a testament too, because even her like Fenico and Hyena didn't know that she was like, you know, the metal princess but uh because she was able to sort of have that like opening like there wasn't like that work sort of barrier um between her and washimi and gory that they were able to build sort of a stronger friendship if that makes sense yeah yeah i agree and i think you know there's this really interesting kind of theme going on which about masks and about this facade that people place on themselves like their public image versus how they actually really internally feel um i mean you see that with with washimi and gori i think when as john kind of mentioned briefly earlier about how you know they they have this kind of image of, of of goddesses these women they're just so powerful and put together and yet they have that moment where when they're alone together they they um you know they complain about their back because of their posture and about these shoes and you know they they kind of remove it for each other and it kind of shows how close they them two are with one another to be able to show their true selves and continuing that trend when uh, Retsuko shows them her side when she finally shows when she finally decides to sing truly how she sings in front of them it kind of breaks that barrier between them and it shows once again like that you know they kind of take their masks off Retsuko took the, her mask off for them and it shows that their relationship is much closer because of it their friendships are just much tighter because of it um and I think every character goes through a moment where they remove this kind of public facade that they have, this mask that they've created because society has forced them to create this adult mask. And I don't know, I just find it really, really kind of beautiful how, how 
this show that again it doesn't look like it's gonna be a show that's gonna that's gonna tell you like a very deep meaningful thing but it does so by telling you that hey maybe by removing this mask you and you actually show your true self self to someone you're able to um break down these very these societal barriers that are created for you i mean and everyone goes through it finical goes through it when she goes to the on the on the dating like uh mingle date mingle thingy and she like first she admits that she thinks that she doesn't want to do it and she continues this kind of facade of being someone who's just monotonous who has a monotonous voice and doesn't care about anything and then she 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 does she admits that she does like it and then suddenly she's able to connect and then you know with um um when uh Hayata, he 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 when he admits his feelings to Detsuko at the end again that's another person taking their mask off um so uh it there's just a lot of moments where each character kind of has that moment that reveal and i just it's 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 it, again it, visually that's not what you expect from the show but that's what it's giving you so there, it's like it's a very interesting kind of mental exercise in a way but let's move on from this and move to another part of the show that tackles not Ritsuko's work life, but her social life, which for Ritsuko means her romance, her romantic life. Um, you know, she kind of goes through this thing where she in she kind of in, in rationalizes that a way to escape this 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 traumatic work experience, she should just, you know, marry a very rich, uh, rich, rich man and become a housewife. And from that, we get Retsuko going in and being shown in an actual relationship. She gets a boyfriend, Resatsuke, and she, um, you know, it, it's interesting how this relationship very much mirrors her her work life because she kind of romanticizes about it, and and you know, and eventually that that romantic idea she has of this of this relationship, similar to this kind of work life that she envisioned for herself you know, is broken and she has to realize and has to maneuver her way through this kind of realization that this isn't how I, how her ideal way, this wasn't going to go the ideal way she thought it would go. And I just found that this last bit of a story arc, this last little burst, because it happens in like the final three episodes. I was just curious about how you guys think this kind of was dealt with, how this was executed and what'd you think of her and what'd you think of this relationship and of uh, Risasuke? Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Well, first off, I was very frustrated with, uh, because the out-of-pocket friends is like, or he space just cadet. Tried, yeah, he's a space cadet. And like, he just looks so dumb and he acts so dumb. <laughs> and like, I think it's, uh, it was very interesting because they talked about like relation, like, re- like romantic relationships and love, like, um, you know, Ritsuku uh, and Gori and Washimi, they sort of talked about relationships and like, they were like, yeah, they're, they can be really great, but they, they can be a lot of work. And like, if it's so much work, like, like if you're putting in work, like you better be able to keep it up because otherwise, like, you're just gonna like essentially die from the, <laughs> like the stress of like, just putting up with the relationship. And like, I think it spoke a lot to like, sort of like not settling kind of, uh, I don't know, at least that's what it said to me, especially like how you can sit there and ignore like bad things that are happening to you, but that doesn't mean that they're not happening to you. And so I think that was very, very like frustrating for me, Espe- like outside of like the out-of-pocket prince, because I can't remember his name. I just only ever thought of him as that out-of-pocket uh, prince. Rasasuke. <laughs> oh, I'll still forget that. <laughs> 
So do you remember that guy from Naruto? It's that name, but with an R-E at the front. (laughs) That's how I remember it. That's a good way to remember it. But, uh... Yeah, I like I I kind of liked that because it's it's funny how she thought that like just being in a relationship would sort of fix everything for her almost or like she's like I'm happy I'm in a relationship and but at the same time she's like sort of sing-songing like oh yeah and he sniffs his his fingernails and that's kind of weird like, what, but I what love that? it and I was like what no like what are you doing so i i thought that was kind of like slightly empowering too you know given like what was what else was going on like you know she's in like a terrible work situation now she's in a terrible relationship she doesn't even realize it it's like why don't you come to terms with the fact that this relationship sucks and you were literally getting nothing out of it like <laughs> right uh yeah and yeah going on that point it it was it's sort of I think she sort of realized that she wasn't so much in love with uh, her having with love and her, with her boyfriend. It was more that she was in love with the idea of yeah. having a boyfriend. And and it was sort of and, and here's a weird thing. I actually really like Rasasuke as a character because of just how totally like out there he was the whole time. Like he's just sort of like he was dragged. I almost wanted more Baxter in him because he was dragged to the singles night as well. Uh, he has. He he constantly walk around with his head in the clouds. He does nothing but drink canned coffee, which sounds absolutely disgusting. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't want to say he was like an awful boyfriend. I think he probably didn't even realize he was a boyfriend. He was probably that far out there. He was probably like, okay, I'll go out with this girl. Oh, she wants to go shopping. Sure. She wants to go to the music park. All right. Oh, she's cold. That sucks. Like he's probably like, it was so... I mean, I did feel sorry for uh, Red, Suk- uh, Red Skull a lot, though, because you knew she was, like, trying really hard to ignore it. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, you're murdering your feet. He's clearly, like, he's almost there under pro. He's almost at the shopping store under protest, which is was which is me whenever I go shopping with anybody. So, yeah, I mean, I felt I felt bad for him. He's like, you want it so bad. You're not realizing this guy really just is might not be that into you. Isn't that a movie? <laughs> he's just not that pick, into pick, you. Pick, pick, pick. <laughs> Pick rom-com, it's probably that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You do see that with, um, you know, just with very visually, just with his face. You know, she she, she makes this, um, you know, whenever he, for a good chunk of the relationship, his face would change from that, that kind of expressionless face that we know and love of him, of his, and... It becomes this kind of like, oh, like what's his name? Like the um, From those romance novels, uh, Fabio. Yes. Fabio, yes. Uh, he makes the Fabio face, as I like to call it. And, um, and you know, it, it stays that way until finally sh- that kind of idea of him breaks. And it's only once that breaks that we see it very visually, fade, this kind of face fade away and his true face show. And that's when she decides, oh, I can't do this anymore. And I'm curious, um, what did you guys think of that last shot of Risasuke? You know, after we kind of stay with him, and then instead of going with uh, Retsuko, we stay with him, and then it's we enter his house. It's, it's, he goes in, and there's all of the plants. All these plants. It's just a bunch of plants. And I don't remember if he says something. He, uh, says, he says, I'm he home. Said, I'm home, or I'm back. Yes. I'm back yes. or something. Tadaima. Um, yeah, so what did you guys think of, like, that moment and how it was, you know, it was, it was just, it, I don't know, I just found it to be very interesting. Like, I, I felt a lot of emotions when I saw it, so I'm just curious about what you guys felt once you saw it. 
Maybe that's just like his way of like coping or something. <laughs> like maybe 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 it was a case of like you know as much pressure uh, Retzko put on herself to find a man. He probably put a lot of pressure on himself to find a woman too. I, I that's what that's the sort of vibe I got. And he was overly romanticizing her, and he had to come to realize, okay, maybe she's not the one for me. And then he and then he returned to being like himself almost. I was gonna say, like the first time that I watched it, I almost kind of got like this, like sort of, um, like I was really sad watching that scene because the first time that I saw it, I sort of interpreted it as like he was totally unaffected by the relationship, like just because he's so like blink faced and like everything like that, and so then like he just goes home and it's like nothing, like his life was not impacted in any way, shape or form. And it made me so sad. And I was so angry because <laughs> I was just like, you were in a relationship with an amazing woman and you didn't even realize it. Like you just threw it all down the toilet. So... <laughs> not, a, not everyone's into death metal. As, yeah, and... as, as sad as that is. I mean, he was kind of like, he was kind of supportive, but he wasn't like as supportive as like, was she being gory word? I think that's what like she was wanting. She was wanting like him to be like, oh wow, like you're amazing and everything like that. And she didn't get that from him. And then like he was just like, oh yeah, I'm just here. You can sing. And then she she was just like, I'm done. Like bye. And I would have been too. <laughs> I feel like she was just even just looking for a reaction. I don't even think she needed the oh god, you're amazing. I think if she even if he had given her a slightly negative reaction to it, she would have taken it. Because at least it was something instead of just him just being expressionless. Yeah. Well, and it, she was essentially like bearing a piece of her soul to him. You know what I mean? Like, because. Yeah. And he was just unresponsive. Exactly. Like, I. He, he sets a record for the most unresponsive person. Uh, unresponsive a person can be that's had four cups of canned coffee. Right. How is he not jumping through the walls? <laughs> Uh, that's either that's weak as hell coffee or he has or, or he has the or he's been so numb to it that he, he almost needs like a shot of cocaine to get him going. OK, I have a theory. I have a theory. Stick with me. I hope it makes sense. So I think that Resasuke is or at least he represents the Sanrio character of old. The one who always expresses their face the same way. There's um, same cute character concept. And it's just kind of, you know, superficial. There's just, there's nothing there. And and I think that, I don't know. I just, I think that maybe he he, he represents, you know, the, the character that, that, well, you know, offers you comfort, sure, makes you feel better about yourself. But maybe it just doesn't provide that kind of extra sort of, um that extra kind of indicator that they're, I don't know, it's just, it's a very one-way relationship. You seek something from him, but he never gives anything to you because he is not alive. He's not, he doesn't give you, he doesn't give, he isn't a, a person, he isn't a thing. He doesn't actually provide you some form of a relationship. It isn't a back and forth. It's just you projecting your idea onto this faceless character. And, you know, I think that Maybe perhaps, you know, because we see we we've seen this kind of change in Sanrio characters. You know, at first they were known for Hello Kitty, but even with um Gudetama, which is this kind of egg yolk of a character, they're always laying down, right? They're always, you know, they're always on 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 they're always so tired to move, they're always resting, they never want to go anywhere. And that's not necessarily the optimistic, happy-go-lucky relation uh, uh not relationship, um uh, image that say someone like Hello Kitty has. You know, they're you know 
know, Gudetama is much more, you know, has a subtler kind of more um, kind of insight into how exhausted people are because of life and society and expectations and whatnot. And that's like a, a much darker thing. It shows in Gudetama's popularity that, that, that you know, people are, are connecting with that kind of exhaustion, you know? And I feel like similarly, you know, Agretsuko is offering this kind of different kind of take of these characters and of these kind of characters that you know you have in your in your as a pencil case or whatever and um she's kind of acts as a counter to uh to Desasuke and is in a way critiquing him and his inability to connect with her is kind of in a way the inability of these kind of expressionless characters to be able to connect with people before and now we're kind of seeing the shift into characters who actually have um, who are actually showing these kind of human qualities and actually do give you a personality and aren't so bland. And it's not just that you can project yourself onto them. They're actually offering you something more than just an expressionless face because in a way, that's what we need. And I think that's kind of this interesting sort of juxtaposition we have between um, between Resasuke and, and Retsuko. I don't know. I could be wrong, but um, or or not whatnot. This is just like a theory or a, a way of reading into this. But um, I don't know. Maybe it, it is a, a a critique and an insight into commentary rather than of what of this kind of shift in Sanrio. It's it's like, like a it's like looking in a mirror, kind of. It's like a reflection of the real world, and they're just doing it through um, adorable animation. <laughs> and not just that, but you know, he's also very much the mirror image of 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 Ritsuko. You know, he's also a red panda, so it's it's kind of like he is what Ritsuko would have been, like say twenty, thirty years ago. Anyway, that was that was my theory, interpretation, reading, whatever. It's, it's not a bad. It's not a bad theory. It's not a bad theory to put out there. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Sanrio beyond Hello Kitty, and obviously this. But yeah, I mean, I could totally, buy, I could totally buy into that. I'm into it. Let us know <laughs> if you agree on our Discord. That's my way of plugging our Discord. It's a lot of fun, and you get to talk to us directly and much more quickly than us having to read your comments. So join us. It's it's pretty great um but is there any other uh characters or moments or themes that you guys want to talk about like for instance is there any character in particular that stood out to you that you if you had to pick like a character you're just like yes this is the one i want to buy all the merchandise for gorian washimi yes thank you <laughs> if, yes uh, i would i'd pick i'd pick i would pick fenico fenico oh, was, yeah. fenico might have been my favorite character this whole show <laughs> I, I laughed really hard because, uh, what was it? One of my friends who was also watching it, she's like, April, you're totally Fenico. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I like the first time I watched it, I was like, what? I am not like Fenico. And then the second time I was like, okay, I can kind of see it. Like, <laughs> I, I, It's like, she, it's like everything she did was so funny. I, I could, I couldn't help. Like she's like it, she's a kind of she's a kind of person that if you know in real life like the last thing you would ever want to do is piss her off because she will essentially cyberstalk you and i think what was it she was going through sunoda's uh, social media profile and i almost want that to be a kind of like someone should put that to a beat selfie dessert latte art selfie dessert latte art please please tell me someone did that but i thought like she was just very monotone the whole time she, and that and her laugh was so flair. She's just like, uh, I'm like, oh my god, she's she is like great. It's so, she was great. I I I really loved her. I 
I know people like that. It's just like that straight monotone voice. The almost the voice of reason, that real shockingly dark edge just to like scare people. It was just hilarious. It's like, it's like, where's Fenico? She might've had, she might've just jumped off the top of the office building. Why would you say that? (laughs) Okay. So last question. Do you guys think that um, this show should have used uh, anthropomorphic animals? Do you think that Gretzko would have been more powerful or uh, more interesting had they used humans instead of these cute Sanrio characters? I do, actually. Like, I just feel like if it um, if it had been more like if it had been like humans or something else, like something along those lines, then I probably wouldn't have watched it if I'm completely honest. And so and I think that whenever it shows sort of do because it's it it's almost too real, you know what I mean? And so I think whenever shows are almost too real, the they have to sort of balance it out with something else. Like either a lot of like dry humor or something along the lo- those lines. Like take shows like like BoJack Horseman for example. It has a mix of humans and like anamorphic characters, and so um, and I think that's why that show is successful and the fact that it is so real. But there's also a lot of humor in it to sort of balance it out. And I think that if it was just like straight humans, then it would be it would almost be too much, and people wouldn't enjoy it. And so I. Th- I I like that it's like a whole cast of like animals and then the fact that it's also like Sanrio um, sort of adds to it because it's like, look at this sunshine. Again, they're sunshine go lucky. And so in here they are giving you exactly what you live every single day of your life. But yet like you're finding joy and humor in it almost. So, yeah, i I, I agree because if if it was just straight human, ca- I think it was just a straight human characters. It wouldn't stand out from the scores of other anime slice of life that exist on the internet and elsewhere. It would just be another one to the pile. I think the fact that he, when I mentioned the beginning, like the lead in for it would would not have been as good as if it was a human because I'm because you see the picture. It's like it's a small, cute little uh, red panda thing. And then you see the description. She likes a Disney princess. I'm like, okay, what is this going to be about? Except she likes death metal karaoke. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And then you see it. And it's like the lead. And it's like, this just, it's like, she's cute, but she also growls music. I'm like, what is, <laughs> I'm like, what are, is going on here? I don't know what it is, but I feel like I need to see this right now. And then, it, and then you start, and then you build, and then it just builds on that. Just layers and layers and layers. And it was surprisingly deep. and. I don't think it would have gotten to that point had it not had such this this out there, very cute, bright lead in. And it, I think it just works fantastically. And fi- legit final question. Um, John, I know that you listen to uh, death metal. Uh, yeah. April, I'm assuming you don't. Mm, no. <laughs> my, gro- my growl in the beginning may have given that away. Right. So, um, John, what do you, how do you, what's your take on, on, on Retsuko singing and her performing? Um, I know that you saw the dub and I'm assuming the, the dub and the sub are different. So how, how was that like as someone who knows the genre well? Uh, I really liked the, her, the one, the the guy they got to do her singing. It's uh, Jameson Bowes, who is actually from a death metal band, Modern Weapons. Which is a very good metal, which is a very good death metal band. I listened to them. I think I listened to them a little bit when I was seventeen, when uh, earlier. Um, so yeah, they are very good. I liked the music. It re- I 
it brought back so many nostalgic memories from when I was a long-haired kid wearing all black, and I would just listen to any kind of metal I could get my hands on. And Aww. It, <laughs> yes, like this is my child. I like before I watched Steven Universe and Adventure Time, I listened to Opeth, Amona Marth, Joe Satriani, uh, Cannibal Corpse, and I and I mosh and I would and I go mosh pit with my friends when I see their bands, which are usually of the metal variety as well. I thought the music was really good, and I do kind of get how that would be such a great outlet to express yourself because it is it does it's very guttural it's it's an ang it's a very ra very sort of ragey sound but it is it is beautiful like if you listen to enough really good death metal it has this great quality to it it's very composed it's chaotic but it's symphonic at the same time i think the music they had was really uh neat and also i'm really glad that they had an actual uh, death metal singer do it, uh, step in because I think it would have because I think it added a lot to the authenticity. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's also worth. I, I'm very curious to see. I mean, if anyone in uh, would if any of our listeners have actually like seen and heard both the dub and the sub versions, I'd like to know how they compare because um, the writer and director mm -hmm. of the actual show, I believe his name is Radicho. He uh, was the one who provided the voice for Netsuko uh, in when she's singing. He's the one who provides the voice um, in the Japanese sub. I'm curious to see if there's uh, an actual difference between him and, you know, an actual professional death metal artist. So let us know if um, what you think, you know, should they have gotten a professional from Japan to do it? Let us know. I, I have to I got to give. I have to give the dub the dubbers a lot of credit though for the fact that they brought in a guy to actually do the music and comp and compose it. Usually, uh, they kind I've been, I've watched a lot of animes. They usually leave the music alone because sometimes they direct translate it and it sounds bad, or they just leave it in Japanese, which has a, which is usually nice on their own. The fact they actually worked the lyrics around to have a death metal singer get uh, do that, I really appreciated that. I think it was a really uh, it was a it was a risky choice, but it was a very smart one. I like that actually. I didn't know that that that's what they had done, and I thought that I think that's really like awesome though, um, for them I, to kind yeah. of take that route versus just either leaving the music alone because that's true. They oftentimes will just leave music alone whenever they um, go from like you know Japanese to English or whatever, and so that and it it makes me like curious now to like listen or to like watch one episode at least dubbed just so i can hear it and see if like there's like it takes away from it in any way um and i mean watching the i mean the voice actors they got for the dub were actually across the board really good and they're all like they're not just anime veterans as well they're veterans of uh regular animation as well uh erica mendez was retsuko uh she did a fantastic job but the one name that stuck out in the dub uh, Haida was voiced by ben diskin who many who I know uh, Justin, if he's listening, will remember as number one and two from Codename Kids Next Door. <gasps> what? And 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 also he was Eugene in Hey Arnold. No way. Oh, now I need. Okay, I'm gonna watch like the first episode now, du dubbed. Um, so that I really want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's and it's it's so. I had to look it up, and I I looked him up, and I was like, oh my god, he sounds so incredibly different. Like he's an adult now. Oh gosh. 
Okay, seriously, seriously, last question because we do have to wrap up. Um, what are the chances of there being a concert of uh, Retsuko and you have someone who's in full Retsuko gear, like super dressed as Retsuko and then just singing like super heavy death metal songs and like what are the chances i feel like because if there's like a hatsune miku i think we can make this happen like i think it's a safe bet if it's not already something that is in the works it is very likely in japan it's it's it, very likely in japan like extremely it's japan it's probably already done by now we just haven't heard of it yet we just haven't googled it I don't know. I just think that it would be really cool if, like, I don't know, if you have the person in full Retsuko gear, like, remove the, like, you get, like, different singers from different heavy metal bands to perform once and, like, once, like, one each night or whatever of, like, say, this pseudo concert that I'm making up in my head. And then you can have, like, um, like them remove the Retsuko face and then be like, surprise, it's me. I don't, it's like, it's me from this band. I don't know. I just, I think that there, there could be a very, um, entertaining kind of show created from that. So um, whoever's in charge, you know, just just contact me. You know where to find me. <laughs> um, we'll help organize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just let me do it. Let me do it. So find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Kent, a.k.a. Kent Brockman. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Rock on.